uh, to the Anytime Notebook, uh, closing in on 50 episodes of the Notebook podcast. Good to have you on board if you're a regular listener. A mighty welcome to those of you that might be tuning in for the first time. A bonus edition as we look ahead to a full EFL slate on the Thursday in between Christmas and New Year. Not sure whether regular listeners will be too enamoured with the word bonus as we bemoan the ones that got away once more. Um, that's what we like doing there, right? Certainly, goal scorer betters revel in our own misfortune each week. And joining me to revel once more, John Bywater at Piece Hero on Twitter. John, good evening. Should we, should we kick off the revelling with, uh, let's go Jacob Greaves. A chance he had. Yeah. The, good evening, Gav, and uh, good evening to all the listeners. Um yeah, I was disappointed with Greaves. I mean, considering the game state, it was ideal. Blackpool scored early, went down to 10 men up by half-time. Um, he had one chance. There wasn't a great chance, but there was another chance where the ball looped up in the air and he was sort of inches away from getting to an open goal. So it doesn't tell the whole story, but even so, I thought he might get a few more in the second half. Um, I also managed to pick another non-runner from nowhere with uh, Alfie Mawson. I think um, it's, it's, uh, it's quite quite impressive. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's either um, me or yeah, you. Right? We've had a we had an unlucky run over the over the last few weeks with them. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult at the moment because there's a lot of illness about, isn't there? And mm. there seem to be a lot of late un, unexpected changes. But going back to last week, I think you were very unlucky with McGuinness. A lot of reports say that he won every header in that game and was the man of the match by a long way, etc. Absolutely, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have asked for anything more, really. Two headers, nearly half a goal XG. I, the, I looked at the chances. First one was the one, just to, you know, met the ball really well, blazed a header over from six yards. You know, good. We're close, right? Because, you know, both the Wednesday goals have originated from a failure to clear the lines from corners. Fleetwood, you know, there for the taking. Um, that... that um, that anti set piece vulnerability story continues, I think, on on this pod. Um, they created half. Well, looking at it, they created over half a goal themselves. Although almost all of it, I think, came from a Callum Morton near post flick on. But um, yeah, I saw oh, that. And Barnsley, then I thought, I thought oh, yeah, hmm. Barnsley, Good old next, Barnsley. Right? yeah, fresh off three quarters of a goal generated against Accrington, and it's um, yeah, it's pick your pick your battles really. Cundy, Anderson, Kitchen. Robbie Cundy for yeah, me might, we can, be the, um, might be the one near post run from a corner. Yeah, ki- Kitchen's ki- Kitchen again had two chances, but again from outside the box. He's yeah. not. Uh, I'm not sure it's all open play stuff, which is in a way it's good, but you need the set place set piece stuff. Obviously, Cundy. Yeah, I wouldn't know who to go with those three, but obviously the the opportunity is there, isn't it? Ross McIntosh, as usual, well ahead of the curve, tweeting us both yesterday about the. Um, yeah, Barnsley against Fleetwood next. And uh, yeah, Fleetwood Fleetwood continue to be a team to oppose. Um, who else? Uh, Bailey Cargill, I guess, who I ended up back in on his return to MK Dons. He's only had three shots, nearly over a goal. Well, almost a goal XG. That's one of the threes, uh, the header that he, that he should have scored from just needs to hit the target, but but blazes over. 18 to 1 would have been a nice return, but hey, they're the, they're the ones that... That's, the, that's more than enough revelling done already, right? <laughs> Which is yes. what could have been at the weekend. Looking back, obviously the, the turnaround's really short, John, but anything anything you noticed, I guess, from from reflecting on the results on uh, at the weekend? Yeah, a few, few individual players. Uh, unusual one, this in the championship. Renowned defensive sitting midfielder, Isaac Hayden, who mm-hmm. um, has obviously been in the Premier League for most of the last five or six years. is a sort of a uh, bit part player for Newcastle mainly. 
He's caught my eye in the last two Norwich defeats. Uh, firstly, he's only, he only played 58 minutes against Blackburn and then he's only come on for the last 15 against Luton. Uh, 0.14 against Blackburn. Nothing amazing, but a couple of chances and quite an eye-catching 0.24 versus Luton in that 15-minute cameo, hmm. including a very late shot, well-blocked, almost on the line. Um, I don't really know what to make of that. It's slightly strange, but I'm not sure I'm... I'm guessing with his probably his wage as well, he'll play a more important role under the new regime at Norwich as well. Um, I'm sure he's being paid quite well. So it seems, I'm not sure if he's still got an injury, you know, it's could be be, from a change. Yeah. Yeah. I think a few will there because um, Norwich have been dire the last few times I've seen them. Um, The idea that Sunderland may miss Danny Bath's organization came true with Blackburn's first attack which was um, not a particularly great set-piece that resulted in an own goal from Ross Stewart. Uh, it wasn't much else in that game, to be fair, but as I say, it was Blackburn's first attack, so uh, keep an eye on that um, maybe over the future weeks. And as you've mentioned lately, I think somebody will benefit for West Brom shortly um, in Bartley's absence. Uh, on Boxing Day, both the chances fell to Connor Townsend from the same move. I wouldn't be mad on him, really, as a rule, but uh, I think it'll just be someone. It's just picking out who. Um, there's not... I don't think there's anyone obvious. But, yeah, there's a few in the championship. What about yourself in the champ? Um, nothing much. What have I got? We're, Coventry, we talked about their set-piece vulnerability and oh, yes. Kieran Clark on my list, but I don't know where he saw the goal, but, yeah, the simplest of headers. Yeah. Free kick. Thursday tomorrow for Cov, not too sure. Perry NG maybe for Cardiff, but um, but yeah, it's you know true what we said that they're they're there to be got out. Really lackluster performance from Coventry, but a good chance to you know two home games now over the next couple of days and chance to put that behind us. I think League League One looked interesting. I think we both you know Peterborough made our notes. Um, yeah. and that's for me. That's that's three that's three solid attacking set piece games in a row for for Posh. Now it's I know Kellen Watts has hit the bar, which had kind of not putting down as a proper chance because it, it come from a terrible corner and he's just really kind of stuck his stuck his leg out but the Clark Harris goal is you know free header at the far post but well worked um, yeah I think there's there's plenty of options I'm going to talk a bit about Peterborough later on because that's where where one of my selections comes from but um, but yeah they, you know not not notoriously a side that um that you that you'd back from from set plays but um, yeah did well did well at the um did well at the weekend Ronnie Edwards another name in there as well yeah, I don't, I don't know whether that's a sign of they're struggling so much from open play. They've, mm. you know, they, they never had to rely on set plays, have they? Not at this level. Um, Absolutely. So I don't know. It's a strange one, like you say, but it's three games in a row now, and they they are they do look dangerous. So mm. maybe they just put more focus on it. I'm not sure. You mentioned you mentioned Cheltenham, Plymouth. Yes. The big the big movers in the the set piece against table for me. That that's that's a couple of games in a row now where they've given up plenty and. <laughs> Almost all, almost all that Cheltenham did create was created at nil nil. I think the the, the winner was right. the seventy eighty odd minutes. But um, some good, you know, Raglan and Freestone, you know, both dominated from long throws and plenty of chances. Yep. Um, yeah, Cheltenham been on the. I guess might not be Cheltenham on the list, but I thought Plymouth. I guess for one of those sides you know, battling at the top of the table, that actually from a set piece point of view, they're looking. The numbers are suggesting they're pretty vulnerable recently, and Cheltenham were the were the latest, I guess, to to cause them some issues. 
Yeah, I had a look at Cheltenham. They seem to be outperforming against the top sides as well. Um, mm. They've had a few good results, but they've also... I had a quick look back, and every game they've been a quite a big underdog in. They've they've won the XG, if you like, and they've seemingly been unlucky in a few of them, including this one. They, they probably should have won this one. Like you say, uh, our old friend Caleb Taylor was actually on the bench, so... It was, uh, I thought, Freestone looked the most threatening out of out of everyone, but not someone I've ever had a view on before, really. You've done about yourself. No, any, no, no, not at all. Maglin from back no, in the um, Bentos of days, wasn't it? But, um, um, yeah, Plymouth might be interesting. I, I, they haven't made the uh, they haven't made the list this weekend, but another another side. If people are looking for for someone to get against, that perhaps the market might not have um, adjusted yet. That might be the one. Sam Hughes got his, got yeah, his gold in for for Burton. He's usually like from a from a short throw, I think, and then everyone everyone had gone forward and they stayed forward, and he, he pretty much a free header. Well done to I think George and Ali had two up in there um, from the not the top twenty podcast. I know we keep mentioning them, but yeah, great shout from from those two. Had a couple up in their weekend Trixie, which was which was some going. Um, yeah, I think there was um, signs of life for Portsmouth as well. Not not massively, but Roberts, Clark Robinson, um, Morrison, and Sean Raggett all had their first chances for a, for a good few games. Um, I actually backed Raggett because he drifted to the biggest price he's probably ever been, certainly for a few years, just on the news that Exeter had a bit of a illness crisis, didn't they? They did, So I thought yeah. I'd have a, have a spin at him, and he had a fair chance late on, Raggett. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in him, especially if the price remains as it was or around that sort of mark. Uh, as, as you touched on earlier, I think... Um, I think Forest Green are actually a bit underrated. The Casey's coming up with a few as well again now, like he was earlier in the season. Oliver Casey, um, they, um, they I think they're sneakily, you know, sneakily quite good. Yeah, and they, they're keeping forward. it. They're used to. They're keeping it really tight as well. So they are. If you just look at my list here, they they are. You know, they're in, they were they were bottom half side now in my ratings when it comes to five and three match form for. Set. They used to be you know top of the tree. Forest Green were always a side that we wanted to be against, but. They're keeping yeah. it. They're keeping it really tight. And what well, I think they've had, I can't remember. I think they've got three home games in a row now. But they, actually, I think they, they, you know they, they, they've been fairly decent at home. Of all those sides at the bottom, they could be one of the springers to to get out of trouble because the home form looks good. What okay, bad result in the week, but I think they got beat big time at Pride Park, didn't they, against Derby? But yeah, three three home games yeah. in a row. Looks shoring themselves up, becoming a threat from set pieces, and shoring it up at the other end as well. Feels like I a think good, um, feels like a good trend. Yeah, I, I think Bailey Kate Cargill's a, a massive player for them because he was out quite a lot at the start of the season. I think he's a bit underrated as a player. He's very, oh, yeah. very solid at the back, good organizer, and he's a threat at the other end, as we've said. Uh, I think if they can keep him fit, they might, they might just be okay. Um, League two. 35-year-old Paul Huntington made no mistakes from inside the six-yard box for Carlisle. Um, he actually had an even better chance later on, as did Morgan Feeney. And the third back three member for Carlisle, John Mellish, had the better chance of everyone. Um, but is that Bradford three defeats on the spin now? And I know, I know you've noted them, haven't you? Given up? A well, lot. yeah. Anyone who caught the um, the blog that I wrote up, just kind of preparing people, the festive cheat sheet. You know, Bradford are 
you know, consistently giving up good quality chances each game. I think I've penciled in Harrogate, which I'll, I'll, which is who they play tomorrow, and I'll talk about them in a second because that's where my selection comes from. But you know, bypass Carlisle, but you know, Paul Huntington did the job. But pretty simple far post header to get the winner, wasn't it? And yeah, Bradford now. Top of the tree on my ratings when it comes to you know overtaken Rochdale, who themselves conceded from a Hartlepool corner. So it just goes to prove how vulnerable Bradford look at the moment from set pieces. Um, and I think they're worth yes. opposing tomorrow as well, which we'll um, which we'll move on to. But yeah, certainly. Anyone else in League Two for you? Uh, just the, the veteran Robert Milsom took, took and scored the penalty for Sutton from left back, but he, he's been priced up accordingly, really. Um, at the top price, he's, he's maybe okay, but there's no open play threat for him. And um, staying on Sutton, we haven't mentioned him for a while. Good old Joe Kizzy actually scored. Um, scored, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, which, uh, you know, sort of come out of nowhere, really, but he. he he had a lot, a lot at the start of the season, but as as they've struggled a bit, so's his output. But yeah, he's you know he'll do the job eventually, as we say. In another weekend, we might have had Kizzy, Hughes, Huntington, Treble up. You know that that's that. <laughs> we may have, yeah. Let's, we uh... may have, we may have. Um, let's see what <laughs> we may have. Let's see what we'll let's let's, let's fast forward and see what we'll be um, bemoaning next week. Um, we'll go on to our. Uh, our selections, John. Do you want to lead us off with your nap for the Thursday card in the in the EFL? Yes, certainly. It's time to pop your collar, as the kids said in two thousand and one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did have to Google Usher to make sure this wasn't wildly inappropriate because I had it in my back of my mind that there may have been something that happened there. Uh, turns out he got sued for transmitting herpes. Um, wow. So. You didn't expect to have that on your bingo card, did you? It's, uh, <laughs> so it, it could have been worse. It's not very pleasant, obviously. There was but, a, there um, was a few of that era for which it was very worse, right? So yeah, he's... Uh, yes, uh, I did. I did have in the back of my mind that I may not shouldn't say that, but I, I think I'm okay with that. You said it now. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Usher, if, if you're listening, Usher, um, it, it wasn't me. It was Gav. You, you made me say it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to League Two. Uh, so it's, it's obviously you probably picked up. It's Will Collar five to one for Stockport against Walsall. Uh, two of the league's informed sides meet here. Should be a cracking game. Uh, Collar first mentioned by me after his hat trick in the recent cup replay versus Charlton a month or so ago. Uh, Stockport haven't played again until they absolutely tore apart the hapless Crew side on Boxing Day. Crew had no shots. Um, men against boys, as they used to say. Um, Collar took that cup form forward with a goal, three other good chances, uh, highest XG of any Stockport player, including Paddy Madden, uh, generally looking like the threat he was in the conference last season. He scored nine goals in the conference last season. Uh, strangely still listed as a defensive midfielder with a lot of sources. He can play anywhere, to be fair. And after a nasty concussion earlier in the season, he first got back in the side, I think it was at September as a right-back, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that Stockport and Paddy Madden's form have both had a big upturn since Collar's return to the number eight role. Uh, and I still think he may be on penalties, as previously discussed, with the um, only been one penalty for Stockport this season in the league. Madden missed it. Collar took the hat, took the penalty in the cup replay. It was for his hat trick. Madden handed him the ball. 
Madden's in form again now, so I'm not sure on that. It's just a small twist, but even without that, I think very shortly Will Collar's going to be going off three to one, maybe eleven to four every game. Uh, even allowing for this being a tough game, Walsall in excellent form as well. I'm not, not I haven't missed that, uh, but I would have him probably seven to two here. So I think the five to one is a confident nap, a Will Collar. Excellent. Yeah, that does look like a good, good, good game, doesn't it? Two, two good sides in form. Um, I'm going to head down into into League Two. Let's talk about that game. Then they just mentioned there Bradford versus Harrogate. Harrogate scoring goals. I do like Warren Ball here. Opportunities few and far between. But we spoke a couple of weeks ago about excellent delivery that that Harrogate are showing from the likes of Jaheim Headley. Um, Bowell last seen heading over from a near post run against Leighton Orient, but that was the game after he'd scored from a similar chance against Carlisle. The bit that we really like here, scored in this fixture, you know, not not full of goals, Bowell. I think he's only got kind of half a dozen at most, but he did score in this fixture last year, which I always think is worth a couple of points in goal scorer markets. Having got 1 3 1 that day as well, Bradford haven't won in over a month, and they've only got an Andy Cook penalty consolation against Northampton in that time as well. I think the 7 2 Harrogate's a good bet here, and as that appeals as, as does the um, the twenties. It was twenty twos um, go, uh, going to press this morning, but yeah, clipped in a couple of points to twenties. Warren Bowell for Harrogate. Uh, next best, John. Uh, Paul Paul will be pleased, won't he? Paul Burrell. Um, that's a, another blast from the past. There. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he really is ugly head again, isn't he? Yeah. What do you What do you think the chances are that Paul Burrell or Usher listen to this? Um, <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> With Paul Bowell, yeah, I imagine he's got some kind of yeah. internet algorithm for when his name is mentioned, just to see whether he can get yes. any attention. Hello, Paul. Hello. <laughs> nice to see um, you. Yeah. The, the next best is Grant Hanley for Norwich against Reading. This is on Friday night. I'm losing track of what day it is. It's Thursday today. No, it's Wednesday today. But there's some championship fixtures on Friday. So Grant Hanley at 14-1 to 1 for Norwich against Reading. Now, the second... Spin of the season for the uh, describe him as a veteran. He's only thirty-one. I've always thought he's a bit older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, his threat did pick up when Norwich employed a set-piece coach about a month, two months ago, as we mentioned at the time. He's gone quiet recently, but so have Norwich. And I've, I think I've watched their last three games live, if you like. And I, you could easily say in all of them they haven't been playing for Dean Smith. You know, there's been a lot of strange. Not lack of effort, but there's been periods in those games where you just thought they haven't got a clue what they're doing, and they're, you know they're not they're not happy. Uh, obviously, Smith waved his own flag a couple of weeks ago when he said they he didn't like playing at home because of the crowd, which yeah, is, is never going to end well. Hmm. So I can easily see Norwich picking up here, even though I'm not sure their squad is as strong as it once was at this level, but I still think they can improve. Now, Reading is strange in that. The metrics say that they're just okay at everything, but the eye test says that they're held together by string for me. Um, <laughs> Joe Lumley in goal. Um, I don't want to be harsh, but I'm going to be harsh, but he's not a championship goalkeeper for me. He, he was poor last season. Um, he does make some good saves, but he just he does some strange things in games, just big errors, and a lot of time they do cost him. And I think... I think another thing with Reading is quite a small squad, quite an old squad. So I don't think this quick turnaround is ideal either. Um, the game against Swansea, which I know you watched, there was plenty of occasions with um, 
they looked vulnerable from set plays and even mm. open play crosses. Uh, was it a late free header for Harry Darling? Was it? It was, yeah, Darling. Yeah, um, they just they never look that well organised to me. Um, as I say, it's more of an eye thing that they're doing slightly better in the metrics than I thought they would. Um, now Hanley has only scored against the same side twice in his long career once, and yeah, it's Reading, surprisingly enough. Ooh, okay. um, and he did score against them in the corresponding fixture earlier this season. And 14s and the the performance he's had against Reading just swung me. I did like quite a few this week, but 14 to 1, Grant Hanley for Norwich. Excellent. Grant Hanley, been a while. Always good to see him back in the notebook. Um, I will go, let's go to another team or game that we mentioned a little bit earlier, Peterborough versus MK Dons. As we said, Peterborough, proper set-piece side now, coming up with an MK Dons side that give up almost a goal a game in set-piece XG against Forest Green and, and Portsmouth in recent weeks. Question's always going to be, who do we land on from Peterborough? I took a good look, as listeners would expect me to do my homework, to all those attacking corners in December. So let me talk you through my my thoughts about how I've narrowed this down to the one. Wani Edwards, probably the obvious one, but he's open 16s, cut a couple of points already for a player that's yet to score. That was a you know his price going in the wrong way already for me. Frankie Kent, again, short enough, and I'll, I'll be honest, covered all three, but I've just put up one and say Kellen Watts at 16s. I'm not going to count, as I've said, look, it says in the it says in the notebook, it says in the paper that he's hit the bar against Charlton, but like I said, terrible corner from the right. He's poked a foot at it, so I'm not not, not claiming that one. I guess as a as a genuine chance of how I'm expecting him to to contribute this this um this Thursday. But he did stay forward for a free kick that broke down to create a near post chance for himself against Ipswich. The main thing is the eye test. It's Watson Kent that are just kind of making runs from corners, starting off at the penalty spot. Um, Edwards is the one that kind of seems to kind of stand still and, and wait for it to break from him. Watts just looks like, to me, like he's the one that's going to end up getting on more of them than the others. I couldn't put anyone off back in any of the three. But in order to, you know, and I'll be honest, I have backed all of the three. But if I was going to put one up here, <laughs> um, I'd put up Kellen Watts, the pick for me here at, at 16s. I thought there was a nice little, um, there's a nice little kind of cross double here with centre-halves and Peterborough and, and Barnsley somewhere along the line, in, which I've covered. That, 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 that will be, um, hey, if, you, if, if, if a Peterborough centre-half scores this weekend and a Barnsley one does, then, um, then yeah, we're sorted. Um, but anything else almost make the list for you, John? Yeah, no, nothing in the championship, nothing else. Uh, League One, I thought the most interesting game was Accrington against Morecambe. Um, John Coleman's already said twice since the last game, this is a six-pointer for Accrington. Now, look at the table, you think, what's he talking about? Because they're, they're you know, just above the relegation zone, but he recognises they've got to win this, really. If you flip it the other side, Morecambe even at this relatively early stage of the season, they do have to win this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play Burton as well in a couple of days' time. Now, on paper, you think that's that, that's not a bad game, but we know Burton are much better in their position. Um, yeah. What would you say? Mid-table, maybe even higher at the moment as their performance? Um, I think they're fun to follow from a set-piece point of view, aren't they? But yeah. most other stuff they do is... Like I say, pretty it's good for a reason. But you, but you're right. There's yeah, teams will look not, at they're this. They're not as, the side they were at the, uh, no. the start of the season, are they? No, they, they're um, probably there's plenty to like actually at the bottom of that that League One when you look at it. You know, that you're right. Accrington are right. They people just outside of that bottom four should be worried about a bit of those. Yeah, it's, them running it, into a bit of form. 
it's um I think from a Morecambe point of view that they, they've got to get a minimum of four points out of these two games, really. Mm. So I can just see this being an open game because Accrington are going to go for it from what Coleman's saying. Now, if we look at Accrington, first of all, um, a player I think we mentioned who first senior season, Ryan Astley. Yeah. Um, gone quite a lot lately, but for his first season, he's had a, a quite a few decent of, uh, efforts and a goal. Now, I noticed um, in the game on Boxing Day, they made a change at half-time. Uh, Right-back Mitch Clark was um, suffering with illness, like a lot of the players were, and it was their first game for a long time. And they pushed Ashley a little bit forward, and Coleman said that he wanted Ashley to get forward like Rogers does from open play. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a big thing, but he was a little bit more positionally forward. Uh, we know about Morecambe's vulnerabilities, even though... I must say, I think Morecambe have been unlucky the last month or so. They've they played well again against Port Vale, relatively. Um, tight, scrappy game, nothing in it again. But they just keep losing out to the odd goal. Um, Morecambe, from a Morecambe point of view, they they didn't really start with a striker and your old friend Jensen Weir was almost the furthest man forward. Now, he's been cut quite a lot since the opening show. I was going to put him up, actually, but he's shortened up quite a lot, but... I think his price is still okay because just because I can see this being a potential, you know, two, three, four, two, or something mad. Just, just, just with the game state and the, if you believe in the historics, this game normally is a little bit mad with the local derby as well. Um, nothing else in league, league two. The uh, the man I was actually closest to putting up uh, rather than Hanley is rolling many, many yeasts. I think it is. Never quite. Certainly a new name. Um, they scored two in his last three for, we never mentioned Hartlepool, normally for a reason. Uh, now, let's be fair, it was against Crawley and Rochdale, which isn't the best of sides, but he still scored. Uh, he's, he's also had a header and another shot blocked in the Rochdale game on Boxing Day. Now, for a 25-year-old, he's had a very busy career already. He started off at Cardiff, Went to Western Supermare, Bristol Rovers, Mansfield, Grimsby, Walsall, Mansfield, and now Hartlepool on loan from Walsall. Now, he's never been a starter in a regular basis for anyone, uh, even though he's played quite a few games now. But he did also score two in just 14 games for this uh, this fixture's opponents, Mansfield, in 2021. So a little bit of an old club factor as well. Um uh, the price is still there, but that's mainly because obviously Mansfield is a lot tougher than Crawley and Rochdale. So, but considering the last three games, you, if he scores, you sort of kick himself a little bit. 16 is about, I think that's okay. Um, and the last one in League Two, more of a feel one, uh, Paul Callenby for Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Um as most people know, since I said Jackson was going to get sacked, Wimbledon haven't let a goal in and have won about 112 on the in a row. <laughs> and basically dominated every game. They were very unlucky against Newport. What was a very strange penalty awarded to Newport uh, quite late on there. What struck me there, from a, like a defensive point of view, they hardly gave up anything to Newport. We know how good Newport are. Yeah. And that was mainly because of Callum by Pell and... Um, Reese Tower alongside Callumby. Um Callumby, I'd describe as quite a limited defender and he's he's always looked vulnerable before and he's been in and out the side for a number of years, even though he's still fairly young. But since they brought in this Towler kid from Huddersfield, 
they formed a really good partnership. Um, Callum Bay's never, he's only ever scored, I think, once. I think he scored early this season, but mm-hmm. there's just something about it. The way they've sorted out the defensive side of it, I think sooner or later they're going to click going forward as well from a set-piece point of view. So he's always a big price. So I'm keeping my eye on Paul Callum Bay, not for this week, but maybe shortly. Very good. Um, nothing else for me. I'll, I'll flippantly, well, I spoke about Plymouth. That'd be, well, they're, they're against Wickham, aren't they? I'm just looking at the prices. Yeah. Maybe, what, Tafazoli at 12s, maybe, probably, yeah. when push comes to shove at 40 minutes past seven tomorrow night. I imagine he might make the list as wanting to oppose Plymouth at some point. A special mention to a couple of people reached out this week on the, the old social media. David Greenfield, who I know listens to the pod, keen on Burton centre-halves, as every good punter should be against that that Forest Green defence. And here we mentioned Ross talking at Barnsley set-pieces against Fleetwood as well. Um, it felt like a felt like lots of opportunities tomorrow. We shall let the uh, the games take their course and um, see what we get out the back of it. But um, John, we said we'd uh, we said we'd do a quick one. <laughs> oh, I've just seen the time. Yeah, there you go. 20, <laughs> Twenty eight minutes. It is. You, you can't condense the quality of um, punting advice that that comes across in, in this podcast. So why should we look to um, restrict it? Um, Okay, that looks a, that look, that looks a solid, some solid picks there on a solid card. Very much looking forward to some Thursday action before we. What do we do? We go again. What Sunday? Games on Sunday as well. So still, um, still plenty of action left to go over this Christmas period. Then we get a little break with the FA Cup as well. Um, John, we should leave it there, shall we? Awesome. Uh, have a great couple of days, John, and we shall speak again soon. Thanks, mate. Good luck to everyone. <laughs>